I'm not strange. Weird. I'm not strange. Off, nor crazy. Weird. I'm not strange. My reality is just different than yours. If you believe in me, I'll believe in you. Is that a bargain? Hello, everybody. This is Craig from The Unbeaten Path. Hey, everybody. This is Craig. And let me hit this button here. Sorry about that. Kind of difficult driving with all this bullshit going on. All these fucking drivers trying to fucking pass me. Yeah, suck it, bitch. Oh, you're going to do it, aren't you? You're a fucking idiot. Man, damn. Nothing like about him. Wow. I hope he's, uh, hope nothing's wrong. I mean, he's in such a hurry. It seems like maybe his mother's dying or something. Jeez. Anyway. Wow. That was a shitty start to a, a shitty podcast, right? Actually, uh, I haven't been, uh, I haven't, I haven't really had the opportunity to get anything done, uh, this last week. I guess. Uh, I did spend some time in the Lake of the Ozarks. And by the way, people, if you ever get the opportunity, go there. It is freaking gorgeous. And especially like right now is is really gorgeous. Uh, the leaves are just about changing. Some have started, some haven't. And, uh, you know, so it, it makes it really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I spent some time down there, and uh, I tell you what, I am looking forward to going back. I'd like to just take a tent and uh, a, a lighter and just make a fire and camp out for the next month. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really pretty down there. So I, I tell you what, I hope you guys, if you guys get the opportunity to get there, uh, Dragonfly Vacations, give them a holler at... Uh, dragonflyvacations.intellitravel.com and uh, yeah that was a little plug for him so yeah tell you what I've been uh, back on my uh, how shall we say my old route and uh, I dropped off a few packages today everybody was uh, really happy to see me I think anyway and Another thing that I have been doing here lately is is been listening to other podcasts. Now, there are a shit ton of podcasts out there, and I, I, it's given me some ideas, some thoughts as far as direction. Uh, maybe I might take a, a step into a different path here. And uh, what I would like to do, I have talked about this on past podcasts. And would really like to look into finding a small town in the middle of bumfuck Egypt here, uh, BFE, and do some research on it. Maybe do do some research on, you know, what uh, you know what's what what this town's about when it got started, how it got started, if there's any scandals or anything like that, uh, you know, something crazy. I know in, boy, uh, there's a couple of towns, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, like the name of the Chester town, okay, that is considered 
and it's just Chester, not Chestertown, but it is just Chester. It is in southern Illinois, and it is home of Popeye. And the, the basically the the creator of Popeye cartoon back, you know, you know, I am's what I am's, you know, so that guy. He uh, he was an actual person, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know if he ate a lot of spinach really looked into it that much but uh the 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 cartoonist that created the popeye cartoon was uh damn hang on edgar seeger and he actually used people from this town it was an old river town and you know of course they used steamboats back then popeye was a steamboat captain there was a bluto there was an olive oil and I have seen pictures of olive oil, and I t- I'm telling you that she's she's a tough-looking woman. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to like do stuff like that, um, and actually try to find out. I do know like uh, with Chester exactly uh, has a lot of mob ties. Uh, has was actually kind of during the Civil War, I think. Uh, they would switch the flags depending on who was there. So if the Union was there, well, they flew the Union flag. And if the Confederates were in town, well, they'd fly the Confederate flag. And it was all about business. It wasn't. It wasn't about politics. It was about business. And there's a there's an area outside of Chester. Uh, it's called Horseshoe Bend, I think. It's part of the Mississippi area. It used to be. And it, it formed an island uh, that the Confederates would stay at. And they would watch the Union soldiers from this island. And oh, I'm trying to remember all this stuff. Yeah, they would uh, watch the, the Union soldiers. And when the Union soldiers would leave, they would come in town, hit the bars. Chester is famous for its bars. Uh, back in like the 80s, I mean, there was like 15 bars and four churches. Uh, but yeah, back in the 50s, I mean, it, um, uh, mob ties, uh, yeah, which was kind of crazy. I, I do know a couple stories, and I'm going to save that for an episode. Outside of Chester, uh, you have Pierre Menard, uh, Pierre Menard's home, uh, which is, is there. And that is, if you ever get the chance, come by. Uh, and stop there. It's it, when it's open. You got to check uh, because it's really neat. Actually, I actually took the tour there, and uh, it's it, it's really it used to be really informative. Uh, above Pierre Monard's home, I'm trying to get my geography straight. So if you go up the bluff, is a place called Fort Kaskaskia, and Fort Kaskaskia was a British French fort. Uh, back and forth and American fort and it, it, it doesn't exist anymore however the uh, what do they call those damn the the mounds if you will the where they actually built the fort on and the dirt work is still there and it's it's kind of neat uh, they actually really need to clean that place up because I guarantee you the trees have all overgrown. And I tell you what, the last time I was there, now I know this is October, right? 
the last time I was there, I, I took my dog, and I'm walking, and my dog freaks out, right? There's a little trail there, and it freaks out, and there's nothing there. I mean, I, you know, so I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything, uh, but I tell you what, the, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. Uh, we, Needless to say, we kind of walked quickly back and got in the Jeep and took off. But, uh, yeah, and it, it, they used to have, oh, years ago, they used to have a pretty awesome bluegrass festival. I would, I really hope they bring that back because that was a lot of fun. I Personally, I enjoy bluegrass music. I had a buddy that played in, and I always called their band the Soggy Bottom Boys uh, because they were from what is called the Bottoms uh, here, in, here in Southern Illinois. And, yeah. So, anyway, wow, I'm getting way into this. Uh, some of the other towns I was looking at was, like, Steelville. Uh, that actually started, it's named after a guy named John Steele. Uh, he was a Revolutionary War guy, came back, started up Steelville and Illinois. And he actually is buried there. There's a gravesite, the whole nine yards. Uh, I'd like to do a little bit about Carbondale. Uh, Carbondale has some interesting stuff. Uh, they have Giant City. They have uh, the Stone Fort, which is pretty cool. Allegedly, that was built by Indians, and uh, they would they would encamp there, and they that's how they defended it. They had like a stone wall that they made. It's still there. Uh, anyway, there's uh, that uh, old Shawnee Town is another town I'd really like to get into. Uh, Old Shawnee Town is one of the original towns of this area. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was settled early 1700s. I'm going to lie and say that. I, I Again, I haven't done that much research into these. But, uh, yeah, I would. I, when I visited Shawnee Town, Old Shawnee Town, it was really kind of neat because it looked like I mean, straight up out of something out of Jesse James. I mean, it was like, holy smokes. But it was a, it was still a functioning town. Uh, the fu- there's a funny story about the banking system there. It's it, like the first bank of the Illinois Territory or the territory that this was located in. And Chicago actually tried to borrow money off of them because they needed money to start their city. Yeah, uh, Shawneetown was actually mentioned in Davy Crockett, the movie, and which is kind of neat. Uh, so it may have been a little earlier. There's other towns all around down here that have this huge history. Uh, there is a, oh boy, I want to mess this word up, Altesian Fountain. Uh, so a natural Altesian Fountain that comes out of the ground. The water has been tested multiple times by the local college and it comes out like 99.9% pure okay because it is so filtered by the sandstone that surrounds it and it comes out I mean crystal clear I used to drive to this place back in the 90s I guess and uh, used to drive there and actually take jugs and fill the jugs up because the water was so I don't know, it had a really cool taste to it. Uh, not an alkaline taste or anything like that. I mean, it was just, but it had that well taste, you know. Uh, 
not sulfury or but anyway yeah i would go down and get four or five gallons and you know drive the hour and a half back i guess and, uh just yeah, it's something to do but that area that fountain allegedly was on yikes james boone's property uh, and he discovered it. James Boone, it was actually the brother of Daniel Boone. And, I, God, I, I'm, I'm going to lie here because I haven't researched it. So, I believe Lewis and Clark actually were there. Okay, this, the area, this, the area that I'm really talking about is really heavily done with Lewis and Clark stuff. Now, the funny part, or the strange part, if you will, the Spanish were also here, and I had a buddy that uh, used to do metal detecting with his dad a lot of years ago, and he won't tell me where, uh, but he actually found a Spanish breastplate for a horse that's made out of gold. It's not big. Don't I mean it's not like you know it's like you know like it weighs a pound or anything, but uh, you know a few grams. And, uh, yeah, it was a breastplate for one of their horses. And he found that metal detecting. It was gold, so it didn't tarnish or anything like that. Another strange story from down in this area was uh, there is an alleged cave that was found by a, a farmer, I guess maybe in the 50s or 60s. And he actually had lost a calf or a sheep or a goat or something probably a calf and so he went go, went looking for it found out that this calf fell down into this hole and so he could hear it down there so he gets a ladder and goes down 10 15 feet whatever and gets into this this hole turns out it's a cavern and, of course, you know, the, the, the calf, I guess, didn't do too well because I guess it broke a leg or what, during the fall. And But anyway, the guys down there with, like, a lantern or something and finds all this weird statues and weird, you know, stuff. And the story is, the story is, it was Egyptian treasure. Now, nobody knows how on earth this got here, and uh, but uh, the Egyptian treasure, uh, of course, you know, the guy's like, holy smokes, this is a great find, so he calls up the local college, a well, local college comes out, they check it out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really research into this, because I, I love these kind of stories, but uh, the local college came, comes out and says, oh, this is too big for us, so they get the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian comes in with a shit ton of big trucks, picks up all the stuff, cleans it out, and leaves. Never to be heard from again about it. It says that basically it does not exist. Now, this is the local lore, if you will. And uh, I think ancient aliens may have done a story about this, or somebody did a story about the Templar Knights, they were thinking. The Templar Knights, this is part of their treasure that they got. And the Smithsonian, they said basic, or 
let it go. Said basically the Smithsonian buried this story because it probably would change the course of human history. Whatever that means. Another funny story for down in this area is Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Cape Girardeau is a is a relatively decent sized town. I'm, and when I say decent, I'm saying, you know, it's it's forty five to seventy five thousand. Okay, uh, a lot of history down there. So that's another another site that I would love to get down into. And uh, also a famous UFO crash. Yeah. Yeah, I know ancient aliens did a story on this one. And about in 1947-ish, 48, somewhere around in there, another UFO had crashed outside of Cape Girardeau. And the priest, there was a priest that was actually called in. Uh, there uh, all kinds of stuff. The government, of course, came in and covered it up just like Roswell. And... You know, people people think, oh, you know, that's so crazy. You know, people that talk about that are crazy. Well, there has to be some truth to these stories or they would not survive the test of time. Right? I mean, there's something behind all this. Just like there's something behind the Kennedy assassination. I'm not saying that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it, but Lee, Oz, Lee Harvey all probably had a lot of help. There's way too much stuff. You know, to say, nope, he was a lone gunman and that's all there were. If, if this Lee Harvey Oswald actually did plan and actually go through with this plot to kill the president of the United States in Dallas, Texas, all right, then the U.S. government definitely would have released all the information. However... 50 years, so uh, 2013, they were supposed to release information about the Kennedy assassination. Well, they did. A lot of it was redacted, and a lot of it was missing. Yeah, so there's, again, you know, something else going on, people. And, you know, to to quote the little saying I had, "Wake, wake the fuck up, America, because this stuff actually goes on. And uh, actually, in the when Kennedy was assassinated, you had Operation North Northwoods. God, I hope I'm not screwing that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really get into that one too. Uh, but which actually gave the U.S. government authority to conduct false flag operations on U.S. soil. Hmm. Interesting, right? About the same time Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, so those, I mean, it's, there are billions of stories out there, and I just, I pray that I can do them justice. Uh, I did listen to uh, the Donner Party by, and I never could catch the guy's name, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it, and I didn't have time to read the the show notes, but uh, great History Stories was the name of the podcast, and he did a 26-episode 26 thing about the Donner Party, and which I love. I truly, honestly do. I, I just really enjoy stories like that, and the guy did very well with it. Now, did he do it alone? I don't know. 
it had professional editing. It had uh, it had music in the background. It had uh, I mean, he had side stories and uh, you know, very nicely done. A lot of research went in. I mean, apparently a lot of research went into this. And I, I, I believe he, he did cite, you know, a lot of other people's works as well. So, somebody was writing for him. Somebody, maybe, maybe he's he's just that great. Um, but it, it, it is a very good series. The only thing that I can say bad about his podcast is, uh, I think his voice, the way he projected his voice was rather annoying to me uh, when he was talking about the party you know and they, they were dead they were dead they were dead you know like that I mean just over dramatic you know and you know he would do that uh, he would overemphasize stuff in my opinion I mean obviously his podcast is a hell of a lot bigger than mine so maybe I'm doing something wrong uh, and another thing too is, you know, when you're when you're cruising along and you've had a long day, and he's talking about a guy that, uh, you know, sighting in this our bear to shoot, and then he's got you know the breathing, and then the explosion, which I don't know how many decibels it hit, but it was like, I mean, it actually hurt my ear. Uh, listening to it, so careful. But like I said, that was the only complaint I had as far as that goes. I also listened to a um, oh man, what is the name of the thing, the podcast, my god she she did a really, really good I mean she has like all kinds of little things and I even went back to the first ones to see how she progressed and uh, oh yeah, it was called Dark Stories, okay? And she goes into the history, book, you know, of, like, companies and places and people. And, I mean, it's just really, really cool stuff. Coca-Cola, cocaine versus crack. You know, all these little subjects. I mean, really, really did a damn good job. And, uh, you know, so she, you know, she's got a really good voice to listen to. And... The only thing, I mean, that, that really kind of kick, kicks me in the teeth is that, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, have, you know, four and five and, you know, six people. You know, they've got a lighting engineer. They've got, you know, sound engineer. They've got this. They've got that. So, you know, me being the one-man band here uh, is pretty tough. And, you know, plus, you know, doing my little side hustle. But, yeah, like I said, great history stories. The Donner Party, really loved. Uh, I, I liked how he did the voices, though, of different people. And, now, Dark Stories, um, great voice great research great um, I mean just really really sounded nice really put together well uh, great team and um, the only thing oh yeah okay the only thing I didn't care about dark stories I think she's just a little bit too liberal for me hmm, maybe 
Um, but, uh, hey, that's uh, whatever. And, uh, oh, yeah, and, and another thing, what I, what I didn't care for on great history stories is, I don't know if it was him or one of his writers, but they really trashed Illinois. Now, if you're not from Illinois, you can't talk shit about it, all right? Only people from Illinois can talk shit about Illinois. And yeah, it is a fucked up state. So, but, uh, which really is kind of cool because a lot of the Donner Party came from Illinois. And like Springfield area. And I mean, which was really, really neat. So, and I would love to start dwelling into the history in Springfield etc. on that uh, because there is a lot there. Uh, towns of Waverly, uh, Illinois, a lot of history there. Their annual picnic was actually a KKK rally back in like the early 1900s is where that all started from. Now it's just a picnic, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, there's Franklin, Illinois. There is a town called Clements, Illinois. Population, nil, right? Maybe three or four. But I'd like to find out about that town. Uh, I'd like to find out about a town called Woodson, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, there. so there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of stories. And I tell you what, it, what I would love to find out is... Um, and I'm not sure how to do this, but uh, the girl from Dark Stories actually said, you know, she could get feedback off a Twitter account, and it was hashtag Dark Stories. I'm like, well, how do you do that? I have no idea. So I am going to try to set up something with uh, something a little kind of different maybe, so it's not maybe so abused. Uh, is going to be either, it's going to be hashtag the path unbeaten okay so kind of a mix up of the podcast you know name but uh, and then if you if you got any thoughts or you know if you're maybe know something about one of these towns I've mentioned uh, let me know and uh, you know let's see what we can go uh, let's see what we can do and let me know what you think do you think uh, this would be a good direction to go in kind of like a little little history thing uh which is always, in my my opinion, always a little fun, okay? Especially if it's done right. And I, I hope I do justice. So, just something to think about. Um, yeah, that's kind of my direction that I'm kind of thinking in right now. And I'll probably just do, like, hopefully once a week because hustling this stuff across uh, the great state of Illinois and... Uh, takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. It really is. I mean, I get, like, very little time at home, and so, but I, I, I can't, I can't beat the money, right? It's awesome. A <laughs> couple of things I have noticed here lately is if this country is invaded, all right, by, like, Mexico, or Canada, or China, or Russia, nonetheless, you know, what, we're done, we are done, I have seen pictures of our military force 
Yeah, I was, you know, I, you know, I was in the Marine Corps back in the eighties. Okay. And, you know, of course, I know every generation says, oh, you know, you guys, you know, screwed this up, screwed this up, you know, you guys are soft and, you know, but man, I'm telling you, I have seen pictures of the Army and, you know, I've seen pictures of, you know, the Marine Corps and it's like, what the fuck? My God, people, you know, these are, the military is supposed to be somebody that you expect is going to go out there and defend your country, okay, not to go into other countries and, you know, destroy them, but your, your military is supposed to be the guys, you know, with the big chins and, you know, big chest and, you know, and women. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to women being in the military because I did know a few of them that would put any male to shame. And, you know, so, I mean... But, I mean, you you expect our military to be clean-cut, you know, hardcore, you know, to, you know, to get a scoop of guts and then ask for another one to eat. You know, this is, this is what our military is supposed to be like. This is what we view the Chinese military as. This is what we view the Russian military as. You know, and, I mean... There is a statement. It says, life imitates art. Okay? Has anybody seen the movie Red Dawn? Hello? Yeah. Patrick Swayze, Timothy Hutton. Uh, was it Tom? No, no not, what, not Tom Cruise. What the hell was that other kid's name? Anyway, there was, there was a few of them in there. And, I mean, and of course, then it got redone. You know, um... The original is much better, in my my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, life imitates art, you know, and we, we show this. Um, you know, which feeds into my conspiracy theories, uh, you know, as far as, like, you know, you get a whole surge of alien movies. And it kind of, like, it kind of, like, softens the American public up, you know, for, like, some sort of release of information. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Um... You know, so I mean, you know, it's it's, and I understand it's all propaganda, and even the TV shows that we we are watching, you know, soften the American people up as far as you know stuff. Uh, TV show I may have mentioned this earlier. TV show I think it was Blue Bloods, and there was a terrorist threat, and they were trying to get this company to break, to give them the access to this new security measure that nobody could break, and because they they suspected a possible terrorist attack, okay, the company was like, oh, no, we can't do that, we can't do that, so, you know, um, Frank Reagan goes in, and he talks to the owner, you know, and says, look, you know, the people would give up a little of their privacy for security, and I'm like, holy shit, did he just really, did they just put this on TV, now this has been a while ago, okay, you know, so I mean, you get this little, you get these little pieces out there all the time, and you know, it softens your, you up mentally, it manipulates you mentally to accept certain things, to be manipulated a certain way. 
And, I mean, he said this, I'm like, holy shit. You know, how much privacy would you give up? Okay, here's, here's, go to hashtag the path unbeaten, okay? And let me know how much privacy would you give up, right, for security. Say there is you know, a possible uh, terrorist attack, you know, across the U.S. You know, thousands of people could die, right, because of this. And the U.S. government wants to take away a little bit of our privacy in order to catch the bad guys. How much would you give up to do that? If you had to give up your privacy to stop the World Trade Tower attack by the Saudi Arabians, oops, did I say that? I meant I meant by Osama bin Laden, okay? And how much privacy would you give up to save those 2,500 people? If you could go back in time and give up your privacy... You know, how much would you give up? Or would you let those 2,500 people die? Would we be a reactionary force or an actionary force? You know, I mean, you know, of course Obama came out and said that they are no longer going to be spying on the American public, which I think was a bold-faced lie. Um... I, I think they still do. My phone still monitors. It turns on by itself and listens. You know, I mean, I guarantee it. I could be talking about the naked mole rat. And pretty soon, I'm going to start seeing stuff all over social media about naked mole rats, right? And I know, I know millions of other people have seen this too. Where do you think they get this technology from? Yeah, the U.S. government. And so this is just what we know about. And we are about approximately 20 years behind what the actual U.S. government wants you to know. 20 to 25. So what else do they have? I mean, I guarantee you they've got satellites up there. You know, they can see you, uh, you know, see thermal image, you know, you yanking it off in your bedroom. You know, they can do image enhancement, you know, and find out exactly how many pubic hairs you have. I mean, it's, I guarantee you they've got shit like this. You watching TV, guarantee you somebody can watch you back. They just haven't let you know about it yet, okay? That's how crazy shit could get. You know, and I mean, again, life imitates art, right? 1984. Ring any bells? See how much of that shit came true. That was required reading when I was in high school a few few years ago. <clears throat> you know, uh, our schooling system is, I mean, in shambles. Our military is in shambles. You know, when are, when, when are we, the people, actually going to do something about this? We need to stop. And again, here we go back on the harping of November soon. 
in less than a month. You know, we need to we need to figure this out, people. Hey, man, it's 35 minutes. I got to go. I am going to uh, talk to you later. Be careful out there. Make good decisions. Bye. Thank you, everybody. This has been Craig with The Unbeaten Path. Have a great day. It is of no use going back to yesterday because we were different people. Begin at the beginning. It can't be said, right? And so on until it comes to the end. And it's